A new year is finally here. 2020, this is it, guys. Time to fulfill those New Year's resolutions. So what's yours? Well, mine is getting organized. So whether it may be that you've got a side hustle or you're a full-time entrepreneur, you're going to need a way to keep everything organized with your contracts. Enter QuickTrack. My friends at QuickTrack have the best way for you to create and sign a contract all from your mobile device. It's that easy. And you could do it all in 60 seconds. You don't have to worry about all the silly legal lingo. You don't have to understand any of that stuff. Plus, you can get it done, sent out to the other person, and get paid all within the app. So whichever side of the contract you might be on, you're going to love QuickTrack. Go download the free QuickTrack app today from the App Store. QuickTrack, Q-U-I-K-T-R-A-C-T, QuickTrack. You know, think about who you know today that's influential, that has clout, perhaps, and make a list of your fab 50 and begin to build it deeper. Right. Deep relationship with these people. You know, I traveled the world playing tennis. I, I met, you know, tennis obviously attracts, you know, typically, you know, somebody that's a fluent plays tennis because, you know, it's a, a country club sport. Yeah. Um, but any sport attracts wealth, you know, especially at the higher levels. You know, if you're playing in the NBA, you know, there's very wealthy people that come out and watch, obviously. But the long story short, um, build that Fab 50 list and go deep with those people and really be intent and meaningful that you're like, let them know that you, you love the fact that they came out and watch you, you know, and, and you know, ha- have dinner and connect and you know, find out what they're doing. Stay interested in other people and their endeavors and learn. Well, I'm going to keep it so short and sweet today, you guys, because I've got a lot going on this week. But quick congrats to the Lady Ducks Oregon women's basketball for Pac-12 champs. Second year in a row. Way to go, girls. Um, But so much going on in my life right now. If you want to keep up to date, follow me on Instagram at After Orange Slices. But today I cannot wait to introduce you to my guest, Kent Seaton. He is the founder of Athletes Touch an organization that helps athletes transition into the workplace, find networking opportunities, learn how to network, and just better yourself in the world. Life after sports. I mean, how much do our missions so align with each other? Kent is a well-known attorney in the LA area, pretty much across the country, and very, very humble. Um, He's so fantastic at networking and connecting people with others, especially athletes. And I love how today's conversation, he really helps, um, he, I don't want to say dumbs it down, but like, This conversation, you guys, can apply to anything that you do in life. So whether you're leaving college and you're looking for that first job, or maybe you're making a career transition and you're 65 years old, you'll be able to apply something today from Kent's advice. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Kent. He is a former college tennis player at USC, and I am so pumped. I know I've said that so many times, but to finally release this interview for you guys, here's Kent. Well, hey, Kent, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here today because I feel like we have so much in common as far as what my show's mission is and what you do with Athletes Touch. So welcome to the podcast. 
Uh, thanks so much for having me. We're super excited to be on this call. Yeah. So first things first, I want to know more about what Athletes Touch does and how you started this organization. So can you tell us a little bit about how you guys got started and who Athletes Touch is? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super glad um, that you asked that question. So Athletes Touch um, is a community of former pro and college athletes that are in the business world. Um, we were founded about 10 years ago. And, you know, ironically, uh, athletes become so hyper-focused on their careers as an athlete. Uh, of course, it's very hard to sort of have a professional career that lasts a lifetime uh, because of mm-hmm. uh, the nature of sport. That, you know, they, they don't really plan for their future next chapter when they're done with their sport, whether they've made it. The, the highest levels or they stopped at division one college, um, you know, sports, uh, the what next seems to be ironically something that's very, uh, challenging for them. And our group is really about transition athletes, helping athletes that are transitioning, uh, think about, and then ultimately transition to careers in the professional business world. Uh, so it's a pretty cool community. It's a pay it forward community where we bring in inspirational speakers. We have uh, eight chapters and hundreds and hundreds of members. It's a very exclusive group, obviously a very high performing group that's serious about, you know, making an impact in the business world once they finish their careers. Well, and absolutely. See, here's the thing. Even if people can't join your group, it's such a great opportunity for people to listen to what you're doing and follow in your footsteps, see what you're doing right, and go and do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, sports is a really great example where role modeling is sort of a big way in which athletes develop. In other words, you know, young kids coming up, they're looking at LeBron James going, what is LeBron doing to become the greatest of all time? And then they pattern themselves or they role model after the role models. They, they literally become that. And so what we've got is a community of incredible athletes from all walks of life, all sports, by the way, we had, uh, the number one, uh, solemn grand, uh, skier in the, in the world that was, is a, been a member of our group that transitioned in the business world. We have Olympic athletes, all these really amazing people, uh, Bridget that are now on to the next chapter, successful, thriving, achieving, performing, trying to get better. So when new athletes have just finished up their career or retiring, there's a place for them to go now, to talk to people, to have intimate conversations, to say, well, wait, how did, what did you do when you finished your career? Right? What were the steps that you took? How did you figure out what you really wanted to do? These are all great questions, but a lot of those things happen when you actually meet people that have already done it. They've been in your shoes. Right. So, as a former athlete yourself, former college tennis player at USC, what were you looking for when you retired? What's the void that you've been able to fill for these guys? That's a good question. I, I, I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, I think probably will resonate with you, um, and, I, and it, it took a while to figure it out, but I've, I've become a successful businessman for the last 20 years. I have multiple businesses on real estate, um, and, and so... I've learned a lot of things along the way. And, and what I learned ultimately, um, it's not just who you know. I'm sorry, it's not just what you know in life that makes you a winner from a business perspective. It's really who you know, the relationships that you've built with people. And what I found out 
is that a lot of athletes hadn't built great relationships with people that were going to help them post-career. And if they found a place where they actually had great relationships with people, they were great people, make great members and, and people that wanted to help them and find a way to make introductions and help them build social capital. There's a currency that we all have. And, and so the void that our group fills, Bridget, is that this is a place where you can go to where people know exactly what you're going through mentally, physically, and emotionally in finding that next thing. And you now have actual real relationships with people. They'll actually open up their Rolodex and say, hey, you know, you want to be in private equity. Here are three people that you need to know that I have built social capital with who love who I am. And they trust me so much that if I introduce you, they're going to take your phone call and they're going to talk to you about how to build a career in private equity as an example. Okay. That's never existed before we started this group. It doesn't exist. There's no other group doing this stuff. Bridget, this is a very unique community. It's a painful model. It's based upon the principles that, you know, it's how do you help other people? And in doing that, you receive stuff in return. And so, you know, a lot of my day, for example, especially with, within this community, 90% is like, how, how do I help you? You know, you, you want to do this. You want to get to the next level in this way. Here's people that you should know. And I have, a, you know, a very strong Rolodex, you know, for 20 years networking and building relationships, building social capital, having integrity, discipline, and fortitude thrive in the sport of business. The uniforms may be different, but the athlete is always the same. Okay, that's our tagline, by the way, and I'll let you steal that. I love that. That is awesome. So it it seems like the main theme that I'm catching onto here is to pay it forward. When People enter the group, they don't just think about what they're getting from it, but what they'll also be giving to others in return, what they can offer, what's their expertise. And I love that because I think we often forget that so much when we're networking because we are so consumed with what others are going to give us. We're so concerned with our own efforts and what we're going to get back. Um, We don't think of it as a two-way street. So what kinds of responses have you seen when it comes to networking? Yeah, you're another kind of great question. I, I, I think, you know, we, we also um, recently, because we've, we've been established this community about 10 years ago, um, we created a curriculum now for not only our members, but anybody that is interested in it's a former athlete to teach them about how the literally the art and science of professional relationship building. Like, how do you build relationships? How do you build social capital? How do you help people in ways that are meaningful with other people that are also looking to build social capital that you have a lot of trust for? And so, you know, some of the members that we've put through this accelerator, it's a four-week course. It's one hour every week, four consecutive weeks in a row. It's a phone call, just like we're doing here. It's a Zoom call with some homework assignments in between. The, the, the feedback that we're getting, it's a game changer. Uh, because these are like sort of the fundamentals of life. And if you understand me, if you don't learn it at college, you know, you know, if, if you've been around Bridge, I don't know if you've been around people that are excellent connectors and, you know, people that know people and they, and you go, wow, how do you know all these people? Well, it's not an accident. There's, there's things that they're doing specifically that allow them to build social capital with influential, prominent people. And so what we've done is we've broken that down into things that like literally you can understand. So like an athlete, you know, you look at a, a player, 
you know, that's the top player in the NBA, for example, and you go, wow, you know, they're, they're so amazing. But the reality is you can actually find out how do they get there. And so what we're teaching people is these relationship building skills that nobody talks about that's applicable in any walk of life. If you wanted to be, you know, a coach of an NBA team, you know, yeah, you have to be an amazing coach, no question about it. But a lot of it is going to be with how you build relationships with people. How do you treat people? So this is the sort of the hidden, you know, gem. I saw, I, I call these like soft, you know, soft skills, you know, as opposed to hard skills, right? And the soft skills, a lot of times are the reasons why you go to, you go, well, I don't know how that guy got that, but like he seems to always, or she always seems to get the best position, but it's partly because they know how to deal with people and they know how to build relationships. Wow, that's amazing. It's always the things that we don't recognize that end up getting us the job. So I love that you reference the soft skills. It's kind of like thinking of a resume. The other traits that like pad us are personal resume. It's exactly right. And, you know, what's cool, too, you know, especially for athletes and you know, what I would call high level athletes, which means a division one, you know, sort of top athlete all the way up to the pro ranks. The thing, the advantage that they had, and this is where a lot of them miss, by the way, is that when you're an athlete, you're revered in society. People absolutely, you know, idolize athletes. And, and so if you found a way to understand how to build relationships when people actually respect you the most at that period of time, when you're done with your career, you'll find out that you have amazing social capital build. And, but that's the time to do it, actually, when you're playing your sport, yeah. not when it's done. And then you're like, okay, can anybody help me now? Like, I, I got no friends, right? So that, that's an important thing. Nobody talks about these with NFL athletes, likely, and not in a way that's meaningful or compelling or inspirational a lot that you can tell we've done a lot of soul searching on what this really means for athletes. And I've done a lot of mentoring. So it's, this isn't just sort of like, oh, I thought about this, you know, two days ago. It's a very kind of deep conversation that we help people propel them into understanding what this is all about. And it's not, is, is, you're saying it's not as complex as people think, but a lot of it is in the, the hidden tool of actually trying to help other people where you actually benefit from that because you're actually helping somebody else. But weirdly enough, you get something in return for that. Okay. And that's called social capital. It's, it's a term that I've defined in that sense. You know, I've, I've heard social capital used in other ways, but that's what I define as social capital. How do you build social capital with people? And do you take the time to do it in your day, right? You know, what do you do every day to build social capital with people that are influential, that are going to actually change your career? Like as a journalist, for example, like right. you have to do that every day. That has to be part of your regimen, the training schedule, right? Using sports terms. Absolutely. And that's the thing. The sports mind, the elite athlete mind works so differently than your average Joe or Jane. And you have all these extra skills that nobody would be able to access because you played a sport for such a long time at a very elite level. How do you tap into those skills and teach people to apply them in the workplace? Yeah, I think it's a great question. You know, what what we're training people to do um, in, in their careers. And, you know, we don't necessarily tell you how you should communicate with your colleagues and teammates, but mm -hmm. we kind of give you clues in terms of how to build relationships with people professionally, um, especially with folks that have what I would call like client-centered businesses, like an investment banker, a lawyer, a CPA, they all have mm -hmm. clients, 
right? And, and one of the biggest things that, you know, somebody who's in a business like that, you know, needs and wants is they need, they want more clients. They want quality clients. They want people to hire them to be, you know, their trusted advisor, if you will. And so what, what people can utilize in terms of the focus is like when you're networking, you know, in wherever you're networking, for example, like, you know, you, you go to a cocktail party and there's 40 people in a room, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to network with some of these people. Well, the reality is, is networking doesn't work. Connecting works. And you got to connect with people in that room. So, you know, what I'm trying to tell you, Bridget, in sort of a long-winded way, is you must have purpose in connecting with people. Network just networking. You just going to talk to people and, and, and just talk about nothing, essentially. But connecting is finding ways to connect with that person, understand what they're doing, and find a way to connect, help them, and in helping them, you're actually doing something profound, which is you're connecting. So what I'm saying is, is have purpose in life. Don't just walk into a room and, and, and not have any context to what you're doing in that room. Like, who's in that room, literally? Like, know who's in there. Know people's names. Take an interest. And I know it sounds like I'm like telling you the most obvious thing in the world. No, but what uh, do you do it's it? not obvious. Those people are are yeah. absolutely clueless when they walk in rooms. Now I'm going to give you another thing, and I'm interested to hear what you think. Walk in a room. The next time you walk in a room, and there's 30 or 40 people, could be any kind of a room, by the way, any kind, mm-hmm. and look around the room and scan the room. And most of us do this when we walk in a room like that. And tell me, by just looking around the room, who has clout, okay? Literally, clout. Mm -hmm. You got me? Mm -hmm. So people have a definition of clout. I want you to recognize who has clout in that room. And a lot of people are giving signals off of whether they have it or whether they don't and to what extent that they have clout. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of power in what we're teaching, if you will, you know, which is, a, you know, it's a system that's a strong word. There's some art and science to this. This isn't just like, you know, you follow a set of rules and you win in life. It's it's this intuitive thing. Like, you know, if you said to a linebacker, you know, you know, if, you know to a linebacker, you know, what are you looking at? I mean, there's a lot of things he's studying. Players, lineups, personalities. I mean, there's all kinds of intuitive things that you look at on the field to know what's going to happen on that play. All I'm saying is, is why don't you do the same thing when you network? Be strategic, mm-hmm. focused, understand who people are. And by the way, that doesn't mean you don't pay attention to somebody who doesn't have clout. Are they a rising star? A rising star is different than somebody with clout. A rising star is somebody who's getting better, and maybe you help them and become their mentor and make them better. A person with clout may be able to help you. So what I'm saying is, is there's actually... If you get into this stuff, which you can tell we're really into it, I got a lot of words for people, right? Senior advisor, junior advisor, subject matter expert. Understand what people are in a sense from a professional standpoint. And when you have that understanding, you'll be able to make the adjustments, kind of like a linebacker does when he sees formation and when the quarterback's lined up, right? Mm -hmm. And then you know how to act to these people. So it's not random. You actually exactly know what you do in a room. And, you know, one person you not treat, but you sort of, you know, help in one way, another person you converse in another way, because you understand exactly who they are, and that gives you purpose in life, and that's what's opening the doors up to opportunities for you, okay? Mm-hmm. So, 
what I'm saying, I'm telling you, I know you probably didn't expect this on this call, no, this I podcast, this. you and I, is it strangely as powerful and actually allows a lot of things to happen from an opportunity standpoint. So that like when, when I talk to ex-pro athletes, like I'm not, I'm agnostic to what they want to do next. Meaning like mm -hmm. I'm interested in what they want to do next, but whatever they want to do next, I know what I'm about to tell them is going to help them with that because this applies to everybody. Because the more people you know, Bridget, that are influential people that you've built a relationship with and they trust you and think you're an amazing woman, I know you're going to get to the next level, okay? And we call it our Fab 50. And what we tell everybody is, give me the list of the top 50 people in your life professionally. I want to see that list and I want to know, and I have certain questions I ask you about that list. But basically what we call, it's the Rolodex. It's the old school stuff. Yeah. Everybody thinks social media is, oh, I, I've got 3 million followers. No, I want your fab 50. I want your top mm -hmm. 50. And let's talk about who's in your list. And let's see how you're leveraging your social capital with these very influential people. Who can we eliminate that's not serving your needs? Who can we add on? There's so much here. There's so much here, Bridget, that we can help people build in a way that doesn't matter what they're going to do next. If you're a college, you know, you want to head in the, you know, division one college head coach, head coach position, those are your top 50. I'll tell you if you're going to be able to utilize those people to help you get there. You want to be the top investment banker at Goldman Sachs, who's in your top 50. I'll tell you if you have the right mix. This is math. This is science. That's about winning. It is X's and O's. It's just in a different environment. That's all. That's all it is. That is so true. I didn't even think of it that way. And I appreciate that you brought up social media because I'm thinking about it as a tool that people use to identify with their clout. Identify somebody as important because they have a certain amount of followers. So how does that translate when you're networking and building these relationships with people in person versus online? Well, you know, you know, sharing, but, you know, not because I, I'm trying to brag, but, you know, I built a career, and I'm an attorney, among yeah. other things that I do, and, and one of the things that I do is I, re I represent celebrities in their philanthropy, right? and it, I, you know, I look back at my career, and all I've done is work really hard to help people, you know, solve some of the world's biggest problems, but over time, what's ended up happening, and I'm only after, only after 20 years of a career of doing this, I look back, and I go, I've got a bunch of A-list celebrity clients, yeah. and and by the way, I didn't set out to do that. What I set out to do is be great at what I do as an attorney and be the best and network with great people and try to help people win. Now, when I look back on it, I go, I did something also really well is I actually learned how to build really good relationships. So when celebrities, whether it's athletes, entertainers, or musicians that are well-known that are trying to like actually you know, use their name and likeness and actually care deeply about some sort of social cause or charitable cause and they need a lawyer strangely my name's in a very small group of people that comes up yeah. you know and i'm introducing these folks and you know we got i've got big clients but it didn't happen overnight at all it took a long time to build up the level of relationship and social capital in the communities that i serve the people know that i'm you know hopefully a great lawyer yeah. Uh, I work hard, I've got a good bedside manner, and I'm excellent at what I do, and I'm a good people person, right? That's the soft skill that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. That's big. 
So when I look back in my career and go, I never thought I would have these big clients at this level. I have a lot of them, crazy amount. So what did I do to get there? That's when I started reverse engineering it, Bridget. I'm like, reverse engineer this can help other people. You know, as an athlete, I'll be honest with you, I was a very good tennis player. I was an All-American at USC, you know, top team, won national title. Um, I never could really explain how I did things on the tennis court because I, I played from touch and feel and, you know, different things like that. Mm-hmm. But in life, I've decided that with this kind of a thing, I would go in, this is my life's work to explain people. I wanted to really understand so I could teach other people who didn't know how to build relationships. Here's how you do it. I still can't teach tennis. I was never a great tennis coach. I, st- I play a ton of tennis. I, I'm still a great tennis player, but I can't teach it. This stuff, I can teach you. I can help people who become great at this stuff. Oh, my gosh. So when you first retired from tennis, who was the first person you networked with that you connected with who you mi- no scratch that three two one oh my gosh so when you first retired from tennis who was the first person you networked with that you connected with who made you realize how important that initial connection with a person is it's a good question um you know i think you know things started to change for me um, when I, I, I took, you know, when I finished tennis, I it actually went into a period of time where I felt quite empty, quite frankly, yeah. because I'd given so much to the sport. I didn't really know who I was, you know, without tennis, quite frankly. And I, and I had all my friends were related to tennis and my whole, my whole identity was wrapped up in tennis. Yep. You were the tennis so player. So it took about a year and a half to kind of thaw out, you know, from that experience. Um, and then from there, I decided to go to law school, which turned into be a sort of a pivotal kind of, uh, kind of turning point for me because I didn't have an intention of practice law in sort of a strict, sort of like a strict traditional lawyer sense. Uh-huh. Uh, but I did go back to law school to get an education at the age of 25, um, which I think was really important because in law school, I was around kid, you know, just other people my age. And I was the first time I was social and net, networking, and, you know, networking is a little strong term for what it was, but it was, you know, we just, I was, you know, kind of trying to get to the next level of their career. And so I started making friends with a lot of people and I started realizing like, oh, wow, you could, you can have friends and yeah. what that really means to build friendship, to build, you know, right, right. things where you help each other in law school to, to get better. So that was the beginning of understanding relationships. And then when I, I still was very involved in tennis, um, I, I, I was playing, I used to play with him. He paid me to play with him. He was another great tennis player. Uh, he was maybe five or 10 years older than me. And he, he, I was still playing very well. So he became me while I was in law school to basically okay. go out and play him. He was a lawyer. And I said, well, how did you get to where you're at? I asked him the same question kind of you asked me. I said, how did you become, because he was very successful. He made yeah. you know over a million dollars a year as an attorney, which is actually very hard to do. Lawyers do well, but making a million is an unusual thing okay. uh, as a lawyer. So I became very good friends with him, and he, he told me everything that he did. And I learned basically everything from him. Uh, and then I, I like, ended up doing very well because of that. So it was a leverage relationship from tennis, yeah. uh, but it wasn't sort of about, you know, it wasn't about tennis, even though we would play. Uh, we got really connected. And, and then over time, 
you know, as I was putting out my, my legal practice as a lawyer and a lot of the relationships I had with clients that I had, I started looking back and I go, what's the common denominator? And what I realized it, it was sports. I, in some way I was connected to everybody through sports, even though it, it didn't look like it on paper, but there was wow. some connection. And that's when I realized we just started a group for athletes. Wow. And I did it with a partner of mine who's 12 years younger than me, or maybe a couple, even more years than that. It was a, for, a former, uh, a baseball player, you know, MLB baseball player, played in the Phillies and then became an investment banker. He had a similar experience. So when we kind of started, you know, meeting up, so to speak, we were playing basketball actually together. We started talking about other things in life and everything else. He had a very similar experience. And through that, I'm, <clears throat> it was a guy, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot, but basically met a guy who was playing in my basketball game. It was a game that I had since basically the age of 10 years old. Okay. I played, I had a bad, the same basketball game for, 30 plus years and just how sports works in people's lives, how profound it can be. And that game, it was a guy that came to our game. who was number one in the world in beach volleyball. His name was Canyon Seaman at the time. He played for Stanford, all all American Stanford, then went and got his MBA at UCLA, which is one of the top Mm -hmm. business schools in the country. Okay. When he finished up two years later, he called me up. He said, do you mind? I want to pick your brain. I want to grab a cup of coffee. I said, sure. Never forget it. I met with him, and I, he was a very good-looking guy, very accomplished, yeah. uh, good personality, you know, just everything that you would, you would think that somebody would want to hire him. He goes, listen, I can't find a job in private equity. I said, well, I, that's hard to believe. I go, who do you know? I asked him a simple question. Who do you know? Wow. Now, I had, I had known, I started to know a lot of people, so I knew how powerful knowing people was, and I asked him that question. He said, well, you know, you know I said, okay, well, let me just get even a little more specific. Um, do you know this guy? And I, and I named somebody that he, he should know in town that, you know, would be helpful for him, but also somebody that would kind of was in the volleyball world too. Okay. And I, I named about three people and he knew none of them. And that's when I was like, wow, if you don't build relationships, you know, it, during your athletic career, when you're done, it's really hard because this guy had all the credentials to be hired, but he didn't know anybody to get hired. Does that make sense? Yes. That's why, that's why we started. That's why we started the group because people don't realize how important it is to know people if they want to succeed in life at, at, at higher and higher levels, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can't just hold yourself up in a room, you know, that's, it's, it's that doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. You learn from other people. So have you got started on your New Year's resolution yet? Well, I've already been able to fulfill mine. For me, it was getting organized. So as much as my room's not clean yet, my phone, I'm getting digitally there. Plus, I'm using QuickTrack. Like I told you at the beginning of this episode, this app has saved my life. It's a free download. You can create and sign a contract all within your cell phone. It's so easy. Basically, the app tells you how to write a contract. You feel like a badass lawyer right when you're doing it. Go do it right now. You won't regret it whether you are a businessman, businesswoman, or just somebody who needs to hire a babysitter and make sure that everything's okay. Go download the QuickTrack app today from the App Store for free. QuickTrack, Q-U-I-K-T-R-A-C-T, QuickTrack. Now, back to the show. Absolutely. And the way you were describing him kind of as the 
perfect guy that you want to hire or what most people would see him as, you know, like if I'm at Starbucks and I see this guy in a suit and I would just be like, oh, he probably, you know, works at a huge bank and is very successful, blah, blah, blah. I have this huge idea and I can relate to that because I know people do the same thing with me and it's so much so not the case. Why do you think that people just make assumptions like that, especially about ex-athletes who are struggling in this way? I think it's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, you know, yeah, I mean, mostly, you know, you don't, you don't worry about these athletes, you know, in terms of like, cause they, they seem like they're, you know, positive, charismatic, you know, hardworking people. But the reality is, is most of them, you know, when they're done, they're, they're very sort of unclear about what they want next. And they're not as like sports is motivating people, you know, you know, you, you, most people love the sport they're in. They love playing football as an example, if they're an NFL player and, you know, what, you know, what are you going to love in life, you know, more than the sport you played? It's hard to find that next love, right? So I think a big part of their issues is they, they haven't found something that they can love like they loved, you know, like I love tennis as an example or, you know, some you know, NBA player loved to play basketball. I think that some of the athletes have done a great job post-career that, you know, we know about like a Magic Johnson or, you know, Baron Davis or a Kobe Bryant. Those guys like are competitors, and they somehow sensed, or you know, the, and Michael Jordan, by the way, they somehow sensed, hey, like they made a lot of money, of course, but they're like, I'm going to make more, and 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 I say that in the most positive way, like I'm going to be a businessman, or I'm going to be a businesswoman, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out what it takes. You know, I heard LeBron James called up Warren Buffett, you know, pick his brain. So some of these people go like. Yeah, I was. I, it took me a lot to become the best, you know, at my sport. And I'm going to kind of do the same thing with business. I think I can do it, and like, yeah. and I am going to do it. And then they have the money, but it's, but they're willing to put in that time because they know what hard work is, and they're humble and they're willing. But then they have access to talk to people that they put, you know, the word out and said, "I would love to talk to you and pick your brain." They have, you have to be willing to do that. But there's hunger there, yeah. and these guys had it. They have it. And they do it, right. and they and they and that doesn't mean everything they touch it turns to gold. But eventually, it does because they're they're success oriented people, and they know how to win. And you can't teach the winning component. That's why athletics is such a big thing because if you learn how to win, you can apply those principles to anything you do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That is so true. And I think that we just forget that. Like we can apply the strategies that we have. Um, that we've have been using our entire lives to win champ to win games to win championships to now win at life. That's basically, I mean, what you're saying, and I mean, I believe it. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. What would be the biggest piece of advice you would give a Division One athlete or a pro athlete who maybe a couple years out, um, specifically thinking back on your own experience, what would be the biggest piece of advice you would give them as far as networking before they leave their sport? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, is uh, you know, think about who you know today that's influential, that has clout perhaps, mm-hmm. and make a list of your fab 50 and begin to build it deeper. Right. Deep relationship with these people, you know. I traveled the world playing tennis. I, I met, you know, tennis obviously attracts 
you know, it's typically, you know, somebody that's affluent plays tennis because, you know, it's a, a country club sport. Yeah. Um, but any sport attracts wealth, you know, especially at the higher levels. You know, if you're playing in the NBA, you know, there's very wealthy people that come out and watch, obviously. But the long story short, um, build that Fab 50 list and go deep with those people and really be yeah. intent and meaningful that you're, like, let them know that you, you love the fact that they came out and watch you, you know, and, yeah. and you know, ha- have dinner and connect and you know, find out what they're doing. Stay interested mm-hmm. in other people and their endeavors and learn. Yeah. You know, and you'll find out that all of a sudden you may get interested. They, they may be working on something. You're like, wow, that's really cool. How do I get involved? And you have, as an athlete, especially if you have a name, you have influence. You know, so there's a lot of ways to be powerful. That's quite frankly not that time consuming. That's even as I'm talking to you, it just it makes it just makes me more confident that you know you look at your Fab Fifty. And you put a little bit of time into it. It's it's better than going back to college yeah. to do it right, because yeah. college is a lot of hard work and it's much more humbling. You put a lot more time in your Fab Fifty, and you're, you know you're at a different level. Right. So, um, so anyway, I mean that, that that would be what I would tell them. You know, work on the Fab Fifty. Work work on liver. You know, working and building social capital. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a four week curriculum. Any any of your listeners are welcome to take it. You know, there's a little bit of cost, but the values far exceed the cost in terms right. of doing it, but it's open. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk, you know, these are conversations, by the way, just, just being honest with you. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't give you, like, there's no answer, but there is yeah. questions. And we, we develop the right conversation with people about relationship building that will literally inspire you, make you think more strategically and give you some power and what you're doing out there when you run into the world and you're, you know, your networking circles and networking is a strong term. It could be anything at a cocktail party, have, have a purpose and you'll be shocked at the kinds of opportunities that are available to you. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I'm going to follow that up with you because I know for me, when I initially had trouble networking, it was because of fear. I think I was afraid of being rejected. And because, you know, I was so used to succeeding at a high level. And I'm sure that so many athletes feel the same way. They're just afraid to be rejected by somebody, you know, if they if it doesn't work out or something like that. But sometimes you just have to jump in. And, and what's the worst that could happen? I totally agree. Well, I mean, Ken, it has been so awesome talking to you. Is there any last piece of uh, advice or, you know, a little tidbit that you want to leave us with? No, I, mean, I, I think, you know, listen, I really appreciate you being interested in hearing our story and, yeah. and uh, asking some great questions. And, you know, we, we, we you know, it's, 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 it's a good thing, the sports thing. It's, you know, made your life great and it's made my life really great, too. Oh, absolutely. Well, I can't wait to see where it takes you, where it takes all of your members and just the rest of the world setting an example. I just think it's amazing. So thank you for doing what you're doing and setting a really important example for the rest of us. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. I I really appreciate you coming on here and I will keep you posted as far as when um, the episode will air. Great. Thanks again, Bridget. Appreciate it. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, Kent. Have a good one. All right, if you guys loved that episode as much as I love the conversation, go leave us a review in the iTunes Apple Podcast Store. 
um, with a five-star rating if you feel up to it and a little review about what you love most about the show. And of course, follow me on Instagram at After Orange Slices for all the behind-the-scenes action. Tomorrow, Tuesday, we will have a new episode of Turbo Talk, my podcast that I host with Super Bowl champion Robert Turbin coming out. So of course, check that out. You can subscribe to that podcast anywhere you get your podcast. And of course, I mean, what are you doing if you haven't subscribed to the After Orange Slices podcast yet? I mean, really, guys, come on.